Hello, everyone. Welcome to another sci-fi episode where psychology and finance collide. And today we're going to be talking about a book that I stumbled across. It's called The Talk About Money, written by Dale Alexander, certified financial planner. And the thing I like about this book is he so eloquently captures for all of us parents out there the conversations that we can start having with our young adults and our transitioning adults into full-on adulthood, what to do with their money once they've established a career, once they're getting that real job first paycheck. So I like a lot of the things that this author is saying, and this is going to be part one of part two so that I can adequately review this book for you so that you would be motivated to also think about purchasing this book. And of course, Army endorsement is not implied. This is simply another tool within the financial readiness program here at Redstone Arsenal where I find things and review things that I know can be helpful to parents and that will assist you with assisting your children when it comes to money. So I'll refrain from telling you where you can buy it, and then we will stay out of legal issues or hot water. You're an adult, you know how to purchase your own books. I like how he opens up the book in the introduction, and and you have to remember, this book is not for parents to read. This book is for the actual young adult, but I would recommend that parents purchase their own copy to read it so that they can intellectually speak about it and talk about it with their kids as they read it. One of the things I really like about this book, and by the way, it was written in 2022, so it's very relevant, very new. One of the things I like about it, it's, it's kind of like a Bible where you get to dedicate the book to your child or maybe not even your child. Uh, for example, I plan to give this book to our godson. And I say that loosely because his parents are the guardians of our children should something happen. So I really, he's already an adult. If something happened to his parents or my best friends, I wouldn't be able to make decisions in his life, but I want to make a difference in his life. So I'll be giving this book and dedicating this book to him as he is uh, in college and moving towards that direction of becoming a full-fledged adult. He opens up the conversation with these young adults about divorce rate, and he somewhat tongue-in-cheek jokes about it and says, you know, he quotes an author, Howard Dayton, you know, instead of marriage vows including till death do us part, really it should include till debt do us part, because a lot of divorces stem from a lot of financial issues. Now, granted, there are other issues as well. I wouldn't say, um, especially in my career as a licensed professional counselor, I, I would definitely not want to steer people away to say that that's the only issue because it isn't. And everyone's divorce is complex and, and different than anyone other anyone else's. But I like how he opens it up there because young adults at this time, as they're transitioning to becoming a full-fledged adult, they are thinking of marriage. And so why not go ahead and talk about finances and capture all those major adulting decisions that they're going to be having to make soon? 
he talks about how are are you going to be the type of person where money owns you or you own money and he talks about the different money issues that we can have over the lifespan so let's get excited and motivated about what we could do differently with our money now this section in the introduction really grabbed my attention because if i had read this book when I was 18, 19 years old, I would say this is exactly what I'm going through during this transition. This is exactly what I'm what what is causing me to even want to go to college and what is want to, is causing me to even pay attention in my classes. So he talks about lasting change equals a passionate discontent plus a powerful vision. I've told my story. When I was in high school, I was living in a two-bedroom trailer with holes in the floor. And it wasn't until I was a little older, the very last year in high school, where my dad was finally able to purchase a home. And I was discontent. I wanted a standard of living that I wasn't currently living. And there's nothing wrong with that. That was a huge motivator for me. So I had a powerful vision that I didn't even realize at the time. And it came from a magazine where I was laying in bed one day while we were still living in that two-bedroom trailer. And I think it was Eddie Bauer of all magazines. It was either Eddie Bauer or L.L. Bean. And I remember seeing this image of a couple sitting in front of a fireplace with their golden retriever puppy. And I thought to myself, this is what I want in life. I want to pursue a lifestyle where I can have a home that has a fireplace, where I'm happily married. And I have a dog, but we never got a dog. We had kids instead. So I wanted something full of life and something very different than what I currently had. So he helps these young adults who may not have been given the resources that some kids have, the resources where college is already paid for before you even select your college. And that's a good thing. There's no judgment for those families who are able to provide that for their kids. My parents weren't able to provide that for me, so it was a different type of path for me to go to college. But even so, I'm very grateful that because of that passionate discontent, plus that powerful vision that I had for myself, that's what brought about lasting change. And he encourages these young adults to find what that formula is in their life that will keep them motivated and on track to become who they're wanting to become. I just think of this book written by Dale Alexander, the certified financial planner, as Uncle Dale. If I had an Uncle Dale in my life breathing this information into my life, boy, that that could have given me some good, solid information before I met my boyfriend who became my husband, and he taught me about money at a very tender age. Uh, but I love how this really sets our kids up for success. Another thing that I like that he talks about is he gets these young adults to start thinking realistically about money 
and reality and calls them out on the carpet and says, hey, I know that you see what you see on television. I know what you see with friends who you might consider rich. But someone's look, he says, is not necessarily the same as their reality. And that's a direct quote out of his book. And so he talks about how people um, can appear as if they are making it financially and are financially successful. But truly, it may be more of an indicator of how they're using credit than how they're really using money. And so I just really like that distinction that he's just going ahead and and showing these children early on or these young adults early on that what you see is not what you always get. So let's go ahead and pursue the right stuff the right way without having to live on credit. He provides different activities in the book for the young adults to really think about certain questions. He asks true or false questions, but he also asks them to write out paragraphs to certain questions in the form of an answer. And he challenges a lot of money scripts or how we think about money. So he challenges the falsehood that money is bad. And he redefines money as a thing and not a character and as not anything that has value that could be good or bad. It is simply a thing and it is a tool. He says, quote, money has no inherent qualities or traits to it. It is just a medium of exchange, how you buy and sell stuff. It's neutral. What do you, what you do with it is either good or bad, not the money itself, end quote. So I really like this. He's getting into all these, you know, answering these true or false questions and getting these young adults. And even as I was taking these tests in a car ride to our vacation, I was asking my husband some of these questions and it caused us to really think about it. He provides an eye opener for young adults as well. He quotes the Gallup organization uh, in their study and the worldwide average per capita household income as being $8 a day. So he's reminding these young adults that living in America is a wonderful opportunity for us. And he says, quote, think about garages. Our cars have their own bedrooms, end quote. So again, the way that he's able to drive home to these young adults, these emotional word pictures of, you know, if there might be a young adult feeling sorry for him or herself that I'm not able to do what my friend is doing because their parents have more money. He's challenging that level of thinking. Stop feeling sorry for yourself. Just because you live in America, you have opportunity right now. It's up to you to grab it by the horns. I love how he says all of these wonderful things. He talks about some statistics of the average American family and asks them, do you want to be another statistic or do you want to be someone who breaks free of a vicious cycle or a vicious pattern that maybe you grew up with? And so he he cites all those uh, statistics there. I did state them in my class 
that I offered on June 8th, but I won't bore you with those statistics. I just want to give you a good review of the book so that you'll want to see it for yourself. He talks about further about, with those statistics, the reasons for needing to save. Now I'm going to get into the reason he actually wrote this book. He was actually told by his children, you know, you have some really good information. This information that you gave us could be useful for other American children who are just branching out and adulting and are wanting to know what to do with their very first real paycheck that they get from their career. In chapter two, he talks about the one decision that changes everything. And I'm going to quote him. He he says, instead of spending all 100% of that first real job paycheck, only take 70% of it. Live on 70%, save 20%, and give 10% of it away. And he talks about the why behind this. He says, quote, here's why this will work. Any amount of first real job money is going to be higher than what you are making currently. You are basically making zero right now compared to that first real job. You're going up. Instead of taking all 100% of that paycheck, only take 70% of it, end quote. So he talks further about what the definition of a first real job paycheck is. It's not the job that you get while you're in college, whether you're working at Starbucks or you're working in the library or you're managing your homeowners association, managing the pool house or, or whatever it might be. That's not your first real job. Your first real job paycheck is that job that you've pursued and you're finally making a career out of it. So, and he talks about that these young adults have not yet established a standard of living. And this is their one opportunity before they've even defined what it is, is live off the 70%, make that your standard of living, and you will not miss the rest. And he goes on to provide a formula or new math. We're all familiar with new math parents, right? (laughs) So he provides the visual, 70 is greater than 100. So remember the triangle pointing to the right, the greater than sign, 70 is greater than 100. So basically he's saying, if you spent, if you created a standard of living where you have to spend 100% of your paycheck every month, you're losing. But if you only spend 70% of that paycheck every month, you're winning. So that's where he gets 70 is greater than 100. And he provides a really good case. Okay, this is a certified financial planner. He's an analyst. He's a logical thinker. And he's laying it out to these young adults why they should do this. And he he talks about, and here's another quote from him, we think, I've got all this money now. Let's go out and load up my credit cards and buy cars and get things that I don't need with money I don't have to impress people I don't like. (laughs) Ouch. I know as parents, that sentence stepped on our toes. 
So like most of you, we we are parents that love our kids and we want them to do well and we want them to succeed in life. And there's a selfish ambition in that as well. I mean, okay, I want to retire at a certain age and I don't want my kids keeping me from doing that. So by setting boundaries with them now and letting them know now that I expect you by this age to be fully responsible financially responsible for yourself and your family. Let's move in that direction. Let's move together towards that goal. How can I help you reach that goal so that my husband and I can travel, so that we can live up our retirement rather than having to resent our kids later in life because we didn't provide this information earlier and they're not able to make it. So we are the ones who are getting in their way of making it. And that is when we continue to say yes instead of appropriately saying no and setting boundaries from time to time. So he talks further, the author talks further about um, why many people at this age are thinking about who they're going to marry. And, and they think, okay, so who I choose to marry is possibly the most important life decision. And he states, yes, that while that certainly is a very important decision. If we, and and I'm going to quote him from here on, if we don't get money right, statistically half of our marriages are gone. And out of the marriages that make it, many of them are not what they could be because of the stress and anxiety that comes with mishandling money. End quote. I love that he threw that in there. When I was in high school, I remember getting really good advice to start reading now on positive communication in a marriage so that I could set myself up for success in the dating scene and in the marriage scene so I would have a healthy marriage. So I would. I would would read up these articles on, on healthy communication, relationships. Uh, all those different things. And it's the same with finances. If we're doing well financially, we're already setting ourselves up for a healthier marriage. Think about that. I like that he went there. I like that he said that. So he's talking further about this making 70, you're 100%. And he gives such wonderful guidance on what to do with this. So this is part one of this particular review. In the next part of this book review, I'll be talking about how he gives information on even if you're not making more than $36,000 a year, you can still be financially solvent and you can still be a millionaire five times over if you followed the 70%. So I'll see you next time in part two. And just to leave you hanging with a little bit more, even if your child doesn't quite make $36,000 a year with their first real paycheck, he gives another example of only making $12,000 a year. So maybe a child that doesn't go to college. He gives the math and shows his math on how they, too, can still be 
a millionaire by the time they retire. I'll see you next time.